Good morning. As we get ready to read from the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter chapters 5 through 6, I want to let you know that I've struggled with this passage for only a brief moment this morning, but it's pretty heavy. And I really don't know exactly what to say about this chapter, except for that the Lord, He is God, and He is a God that is not to be messed with, meaning that you don't want to, no one should ever want to anger the Lord. And so, even as New Testament believers, we need to be careful how we think about the Lord. We need to be careful how we engage with the Lord. We need to be careful when we pray even, I believe, to the Lord. We always want to pray in a way that it goes through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ first. We don't want to pray without Jesus. I'm here to tell you, after reading this chapter, I'm convinced of this, and as we read, hopefully you'll see what I'm talking about. So, without further to do, let us pray. Lord God, Father in heaven, bless you once again for another day. Father, I pray right now especially that you would fill us all with your Holy Spirit as we read and listen to you speak through the written words of our Bible, the Bible which you have given us, which is your word. It's a testimony about you, the acts of our God, and just it tells us, Father, about all those things that we need to know about you and how we're to treat you and think about you even. And so I pray, Father, as we read this morning, that you would speak to us and teach us by your Spirit, the Spirit of God. And we trust that, that you will, because you have promised us that you will. And so I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus' name, amen. First Samuel chapter 5 begins by saying, After the Philistines had captured the ark of God, they took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. The Philistines, in this particular section is what we're talking about. The Philistines are, in this particular section, one of the main characters, main characters in the book of First Samuel. And so we're going to hear a lot about the Philistines. And so I'll just take notes as we're, as, as we're reading and think about the Philistines. Realize that the Philistines at that time especially were the enemies of the people of God and therefore the enemies of God. And notice how the Lord deals with the Philistines. 
And notice how the Lord uses the Philistines to actually um, discipline the people of God. They were used by God in many ways to discipline the people of God. And so we need to remember, too, that God uses things in this life, this life that we live as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to discipline us as well. You know, we must always remember that even our Lord said that in this life we will have trials and tribulations, meaning that the Lord will test us. And he would bring things in our lives that oftentimes we don't want. And we believe that we don't even need. But the Lord knows us better than we, better than we know ourselves. And we need to trust in the Lord that in every circumstance, in every event in our lives, that the Lord is there. And he's teaching us about himself. He's teaching us about his, his plan and purpose, about the things that he wants, he's teaching us about what he wants to do with us and eventually how he's going to bring us into his eternal grace, his eternal mercies, his eternal goodness, presence. And so whatever happens in our life is not an accident. Whatever happens in our lives, even second chances, meaning that even those things that may only seem that that may that may seem that seems um how can I say it just secondary and just just I don't know how to explain it just accidental I guess that's what I'm trying to say even those things that seem accidental they are allowed by God to teach us something about the Lord and you got to remember that the Lord of the Old Testament that we're talking about here this morning is the same Lord. In the New Testament, but revealed as Jesus, the Son of God. So this 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 is the same Lord of the New Testament. The same Lord of the Old Testament. I mean, the Lord of the Old Testament is the same Lord of the New Testament. Verse two. And then they carried the ark into Dagon's temple and set it beside Dagon. When the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, there was Dagon, fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. They took Dagon and put him back in his place. But the following morning, when they rose, there was Dagon, fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. His head and hands had been broken off and were lying on the threshold. Only his body remained. That is why to this day neither the priests of Dagon nor any others who entered Dagon's temple at Ashdod stepped on the threshold. Notice that. Notice that the ark of God during this time. The Ark of the Lord that they had captured. It was a sign or a symbol of the power of God. Of course, it was not God himself. 
but it symbolized the covenant which God had made with the people of Israel. It symbolized the, the, the covenant that God would fulfill and that it was as if it was God himself doing the things that he had promised. And so wherever the ark of God went, God was there. And he was protecting his word, his covenant, his promise to the people of Israel to a point of that even outside of the presence of Israel, in another, in this case, another uh, part of this of this region at this time, even there, the Lord was diligently protecting His word. That should be uh, that should give us confidence. That should reassure us that we too who are New Covenant believers, that is, God, we have entered into a covenant with God whereby all His promises, all those things that He has promised us that He will, he will do, He will ensure it. He will, I mean, He will make sure that it happens. He will work diligently to make sure that it happens to a point of where nothing will get in His way, nothing will come between us and the Lord our God. Nothing. Because he will not allow it. He is faithful. In, in, that, in this way. Verse 6. The Lord's hand. Was heavy upon the Lord of Ashdod. And its vicinity. He brought devastation upon them. And afflicted them with tumors. The hand of the Lord. Notice that. The Lord's hand. The hand of the Lord is a figurative way of describing the power of God to punish those, to punish people even, in this case, to punish people who are at enmity with him, who are at enmity with him, who are at war against him, who are his enemies. I notice it's really heavy. But this should be an indication to us. This should indicate to us that the Lord, again, he is, he is diligent in protecting his word. He is diligent in protecting all his glory. He is diligent in protecting and fulfilling his plan and purpose which he had determined way before eternity, way in which he had determined way before the foundations even of this world had begun, had been created by him. Verse 7. When the men of Ashdod saw what was happening, they said, the ark of God the ark of the God of Israel must not stay here with us because his hand is heavy upon us and upon Dagon, our God. 
So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and asked them, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They answered, Have the ark of the God of Israel moved to Gath? So they moved the ark of the God of Israel. But after they had moved it, the Lord's hand was against that city, throwing it into a great, a great panic. He afflicted the people of the city, both young and old, with the outbreak of tumors. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron. Notice that. Even as they were moving the ark of God, they were moving it in a um, disrespectful way. A disrespectful manner to the Lord. It was unholy. It was not as prescribed by the Lord. They were moving in, in a way that was not prescribed by the Lord. And even then, he was protecting his word. He acted in a way to defend his, his word, his honor. The Lord, whatever he prescribes for us to do. We must do it in the way that he has prescribed. Say, for example, when it comes to our salvation in Christ Jesus, we receive our salvation from God in Christ Jesus, and all this is by faith. It's by faith. It's by a trusting in God. A sincere trusting in God. It, it, it we can't receive it in any other way. It's by faith. Because that's the way God has prescribed it. And so by faith, we trust that we are, as New Testament believers, we trust that God will deliver us from sin, which causes death. And we trust that God will make sure that that happens. It won't happen. Again, verse 10. So they sent the ark of God to Ekron. As the ark of God was entering Ekron, the people, people of Ekron cried out. They have brought the ark of the God of Israel around to us to kill us and our people. So they called together all the rulers of the Philistines and said, Send the ark of the God of Israel away. Let it go back to its own place, or it will kill us and our people. For death had filled the city with panic. God's hand was heavy upon it. Those who did not die were afflicted with tumors, and the outcry of the city went up to heaven. All the way to heaven, the outcry went up. The devastation the destruction, all that went all the way up to heaven. So that means that God deliberately done all this. He knew what he was doing, even in this, this, this moment. And all those who are in heaven witnessed this. I can even right now imagine the fear on their faces. As this was happening. 
It reminds me to remind you. Fear the Lord. He is not a he is not to be toyed with and he is not to be angered. We must take our relationship with the Lord seriously, people of God. Every day we must take it seriously. Now I want to continue to read, but I have to admit, I know the things that I'm saying, you won't hear anyone else say. And so I have to be careful. I don't want, I don't want, when I say fear the Lord, I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm talking to New Testament believers, especially right now. The Lord our God, He loves us. And he will not leave us in our sin. But we want to know at all times. And at any time, at any moment in our lives, we want to know when we are sinning against God. When we're sinning against our Lord. We want the Lord to examine our hearts. We want the Lord to reveal to us our sins. So that we can repent. Sincerely repent and ask the Lord for forgiveness. Are you with me? I mean, I know, I don't know, I don't know how else, I don't know how else to say this. Except for I'm pleading with you, I'm begging with you. If you are in sin, any sin, whether it be uh, immorality, passions, lust, The Bible reveals these sins to us. And so we need to know what they are. And remember, though, that for New Testament believers, our sins teaches us to fear the Lord. That is to, when he tells us to do something, we want to do it. We must do it. It is right that we do it. And so, this is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to hopefully encourage you to take your relationship with the Lord seriously. Amen? God bless you. Let us pray. Lord God, Father in heaven, have mercy on us. Lord God, do not let us remain in our sin without re- sincerely without uh, true repentance without seeking you and asking for forgiveness for sinning, sinning against you and against our neighbor whenever we do father i pray that you would convict our hearts speak to us so we can do what is right in your presence and that we would bring honor to you not dishonor but honor in Jesus name I ask and pray Amen